You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. So regardless of your own spiritual temperament, regardless of the ways in which you are spiritually wired, what I want you to know is that these seven words are not a fad. They're not some modern intervention. They are as old as the psalm that we just read. In fact, three of those words appear in the very psalm that we engaged in together. And so as we talk through these seven words of praise that's so prevalent in the Psalms, we're going to engage with these words. And I'm going to encourage you that you can practice these not simply at church, you can practice this at home as you learn and grow how to worship in private worship as well as in the public worship of God. So I'm going to invite you to say these words with me as they appear on the screen. And then we're going to talk about them and what the meaning of these words are. The first word is ta-da. Say these wor- this word, ta-da. Ta-da means to extend the hand. Now, when you think about extending the hand, it can mean many things. It was used in Psalm 42 where the choir masters was leading the procession to the house of worship. So when Kim or Cheryl were leading their choirs earlier in their worship, they were ta-daing. Did you know that? You were extending the hand. And yet extending the hand also means in a sense of, of reaching out purposefully to God. One of the things that I have grown in in my private worship a lot is to extend the hands. And I like to extend both hands. And when I do that, I, I often feel very much the presence of God. You see, posture itself is prayer. Posture itself is an act of worship. And one of the ways that Tada is purposefully practiced in the faith is kind of like a small child reaching out for her parent or his, his parent. It's, it's that sense of reaching out. And so sometimes, friends, ta-da, is something we do whether we feel like it or not, or in, in total praise. There was that, that lyric in, during the song where we, we lift up our hands. And I notice also in the hymn of praise that we sang as a congregation, there was a lifting up your praise to God. So this is something that is to be practiced for the people of God. 
This is traditional worship at its best. And it's something we've largely missed. So a reaching out, and as a small child extends a hand, it's reaching out to God when we're really in need, when we're really hurting, when we're really grasping for the presence and the help of God. It's a sense of expectation when your children or your grandchildren or a small child in your life that that loves you reaches out their hand to you, what is your response? (laughs) Can you deny that? How much more? How much more? When we extend our hand out, will the heavenly Father respond to us? There's a second word I want to introduce to you, shabak. Say that word with me, shabak. It means a loud shout. Now, um, there was a day when Methodists were called shouting Methodists. Anybody remember that? It was kind of when the revival came or uh, people got excited. And I kind of had this idea that when we stopped shouting to the Lord, we started shouting at each other. (laughs) And I think we'd be better off if we shabbat again to the Lord. Many places in the Psalms is there the reference of shabbat. And one of my very favorite verses in the the Psalms is Psalm 145, verse 4, which says, One generation shall commend or praise or shabak the mighty works of God to another. So commending, praising, shouting this sense of praise to God. My wife tells me that I shout a lot at the television, especially during baseball season. And maybe sometimes when the Cardinals are not doing that well. Lately, I have been shabaking over the Kansas City Chiefs. I tell you what, Patrick Mahomes is something else. I don't know if you are a football fan or if you are an NFL fan. But uh, Kansas City Chiefs, are they've got it on this year. And this guy, Patrick McCombs, has passed for over 300 yards, nine games already. They're nine and one. If I wasn't a, 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 a student of the past, I would say the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> but it was on a Monday night in Denver when... Patrick Mahomes was doing his stuff, and the Chiefs were down by 10 points. And if you're a football fan at all, you know this is a great comeback, where Mahomes is shifting around, he's avoiding his tacklers, and he's actually passing the ball left-handed in some kind of contorted body. And the Chiefs come back, and they beat Denver in Denver. And that night I realized they've really got something here. And I shouted. 
I shouted. I shouted. And as I was shouting, God said something to me. Now, when I say God said something to me, God does not speak to me in audible voices, but I really, truly carry on conversations with God. And I sensed that God was saying to me, why don't you ever shout for me like that? And I had the audacity and the honesty to say to God, well, if you do something that great, I'd, sh I'd shout for you too. And God said to me, if you would show up on the field, if you'd put yourself out there, I would show up. But you've got to show up. You got to suit up. You got to get out on the field. And then I will show up inside of you. And I think God is even more talented than Patrick McCombs. And so Shabak means to shout. Now, stand up, friends, if you're able. Please stand up. If you're not able, you can still shout. But here's the, word, here's the phrase that, that we sing in modern worship. That's that other service we do around here. And I love this particular song because it gives me the permission to shout. And I just love this phrase. And so I'm going to invite you to extend the hand. Ta-da! <laughs> and on the count of three... Let's shout these words, okay? One, two, three. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, O oh Lord. All right, you have just fulfilled a vision for me. So, thank you. Do you get the idea? You can have a seat. So, worship is something, friends, that we do. It's not something that's passive. It's engaging. And so we are free to extend the hand in private or public worship. We're free to shout in private or public worship. Now, there's a beautiful contrast in the Psalms in the way that we worship God. There's also silence. There's stillness. And there's 101 different Hebrew words for the word silence. I've just chosen one of them. Duma. Say the word with me. Duma. Uh, it speaks of a silence, but not just a silence, but a stillness, an awe. You know, when you're engaging in a conversation and you say something awkward and it's an awkward moment, you wish you could take the words back, there's sometimes an awful stillness. <laughs> well, this is a different kind of stillness. This is a stillness of, of a holy sense of you can hear a pin drop because you sense that God is in our presence. 
I remember old Frank Bateman Stanger, president of Asbury Seminary back in the 70s, spoke about the opening, the reopening of the Wesley Chapel. And he talked about how quiet things got because Her Majesty the Queen was about to enter. And I remember President Stanger leaning over to us would-be pastors. And he said, would to God, would to God that there would be a stillness and a silence and a reverence that would come over the people of God because they're anticipating the presence of God. That's what we're getting at. It says in the scriptures in Revelation that there was silence for 30 minutes in heaven. And the psalm says, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. It's a reverent stillness. And it's hard to get to that place when a world is so full of noise. I started going to the monastery years ago because I recognized this in me. I recognized that it was almost impossible for me to get to the other side of silence. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think some of us are afraid to be quiet. We have to have something on all the time because we, we know that when we turn something off and we get quiet on the outside, we have to deal with the stuff that's going on inside of us, in our hearts. And I started going to the monastery. I recognized that for the first 12 hours or so, it took me about 12 hours just to get to the other side where I could go into some silence. And so we need to once again engage in the silence and the stillness where we can get into the presence of God and we can hear God's voice speak to us. And so the psalmist says to us, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. Be still. Be. So this morning, we're going to offer us a few minutes of silence. I'm going to invite you to practice Barak and silence. Now let me say a word about Barak, the fourth word, before we do this. Barak means to kneel or to bow down. When Jason was praying that wonderful prayer this morning, I, I felt myself just bowing down in my chair. To barak means to salute. That's one of the meanings. It, to bow is a place of honor in Oriental tradition and other places, there's a sense that you bow before another person as a symbol, as a sign of respect. How much more, how much more 
do the people of God need to barack before the Almighty? And so, in a moment of silence, you're invited to barack. You're invited to kneel where you are, to bow down, to get on your knees where you are. You're invited, if you can't do that, just get down in your heart. God understands. I'm just going to bow at the prayer rail. You can do that. But we're just going to be silent. We're going to barack, and we're going to demand in the presence of God. Thank you, God, for your holy presence in this place. Amen. The Lord's given us some beautiful days recently. I was out walking in the Nature Center on Friday, and I noticed walking about there was a blue heron just standing in the water, perfectly still. And I watched that bird for a few minutes, and the only movement for several minutes is just lowering its beak sometimes and up again. I think that blue heron has the right idea. Now, there's a great contrast again in these Hebrew words about praise, and zamar is that fifth word. It, it has to do with singing, and it has to do with musical instruments. Psalm 57, verse 8 and 9 says, Awake, my glory. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will sing. I will zamar to you. And in, in this expression, there's a sense of exuberance. We've had... Uh, the bells play. We've had other musical instruments this morning. And uh, to zamar is to kind of just turn it loose and, and let it out. Now, uh, I have two favorite organists in the world. Bradley understands why he's not my favorite. He's number two. But he is he is amazing. Uh, my son, Jonathan, is my favorite. <laughs> when he was 13 years of age, we came to Schweitzer. And on a Sunday night, Bar Fraker invited people up to do different crazy things. So at the age of 13, my son got up at that organ, and Cheryl let him do it. Thank you, Cheryl. And he pulled out all the stops, and he played with all the enthusiasm of Zamar. And I remember Bar Fraker said when he was done, if your dad could preach like you play, we'd really be doing something around here. <laughs> Well, Brad, turn it loose, brother. Make that organ sing to the glory of God.
Tequilah is the sixth word, not to be confused with tequila. But it can have the same effects, so I am told. I wouldn't know. Tequila, to be under the influence of tequila, is to lose yourself in adoration. before God. It is extravagant, costly adoration. We see this in some places in Scripture where the woman came in the seventh chapter of the Gospel of Luke and she breaks the alabaster jar and she's at uh, Simon the leper's house and Simon the leper has not afforded Jesus the customary welcoming because he's a Pharisee and he's religious and he's self-contained and he's self-righteous. And he slights and snubs Jesus. And it takes a woman it oftentimes takes a woman who comes in and she pours her tears over his feet and she wipes his feet with her tears and she pours the perfume all over him. And she's criticized for it. Because anyone that ever engages in extravagant displays of worship will be criticized. Jesus says, leave her alone. What she has done for me will always be told. And King David, bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, stripped naked down to his underwear at best and danced before the Lord. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to do that. <laughs> but do you get the idea of Tehillah worship? The final word is hala. Say that word with me, hala. Hala. <laughs> you got the idea. Hallelujah. So many times in Scripture, in the Psalms, hala. Hallelujah or praise. Now I'm going to ask two singers to come and help me here. When I was a kid in vacation Bible school, I loved this song. I loved it because we would sing, well, they're going to sing it for you once and then we're going to do it. And uh, you stand up, half the room will stand up on this side when, you, when we sing hallelujah and the other half will sing, you'll stand on this side when you sing praise the Lord. And uh, it's just a simple practice. So rather than talk to you about what hallelujah means, uh, let's do it.
Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Now that you got it, let's do it. All right. Are we ready? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. So we have looked at seven Hebrew words today. I hope you've written them down. I hope you've experienced them, and I hope you continue to do them. Tada! To extend the hand. Shabak! To shout. Duma! To enter into holy stillness. Barak! To bow. To salute. Zamar! to sing with stringed instruments, to hila, extravagant adoration, and hala, hallelujah. 